Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to It's All Kicking Off, another football roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, Ewan Patterson and Simon Gallagher from What Culture Football to discuss another burning football issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football on either iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from for daily football podcasts. But gents, we are gathered here today to discuss which Premier League manager should be fired. Now, there are quite a few obvious names that spring to mind when you talk about this. It is sort of getting into that season, isn't it? it, mm-hmm. it we've already seen Watford. Squeaky bum time. Indeed. <laughs> sack Javi Gracia. Um, yes. He was the first to go. But now there is talk of, of course, Marco Silva from Everton, Maurizio Pochettino from Tottenham, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, who do you want to start with? Uh, I've got a, I've got a problem with this now because I've he got wants a, them all to be sacked. Well, no, I've, I've got to try and just not have any sort of smug sense of self <laughs> just exude itself through either the audio for our listeners or through the visual metaphor. And uh, yeah, I think there's with, with Watford kicking the whole thing off. That's kind of you know that's typical of them, isn't it? You know, we've seen for the past few years they just kind of without really rhyme or reason, even though it has you know paid dividends in the past, they kind of just sack the managers at the first sign of trouble and somehow it's worked for them. You know, it happened the other year um, with, you know, Marco Silva, obviously the whole Everton saga with that and then you had um, Javi Gracia coming in and they brought back Kike Sanchez-Flores and it's really worked for them but obviously Watford aren't any of these clubs and some of these managers have had a much longer time to kind of fashion um, projects and what are the, a lot of the clubs we're talking about today they're all projects they're mm. all works in progress especially for Everton and Manchester United and you know Spurs as well it's weird because you think that Spurs being a project for the past few years and you thought well the Champions League final that should be where the Spurs project really even though they didn't win they should crack on and try and give it yeah they kick the on year. from that exactly and it seems as though that might have been the end of the story for the pro- the Pochettino project the the project the project and that's that's a worry for Spurs because I think maybe more so out of them or, you know, Manchester United, or even Everton with the ambitions that they have, I think potentially they might be in the most trouble. Um, that's mainly just down to the fact I see that a lot of that squad being broken apart in the next few months, um, especially going into January. There was talk that Pochettino wants to sell Ericsson, uh, Rose and uh, Sargerio as well. So there's a big restructure going on there. And that is a concern halfway through the season, I think. Um, whereas with Manchester United, even though you have the, the team itself probably isn't up to standard, there is still, you know, 
it's all just a shambles, isn't it, really? I'm looking at all of them, and I think they're all just appalling. Everton's kind of typical because it's Everton and every single year it's like they win the summer transfer window yeah win supposedly. Uh, by spending was it 35 million on Alex Awobi and it just <laughs> hasn't paid off and they're now in the relegation zone in Manchester United imagine my surprise yeah so mm, I don't know who is the what would you, who would you say is like the most in trouble out of all of those I'd say despite the fact like you say that that I mean Man United are what 12th mm. Tottenham 9th on uh, this horrible run of form um, that stretches back to, to last season yeah, in the league. Yeah. Um, I'd say Marco Silva out of everyone because when you spend that sort of money mm-hmm. uh, and we were all looking, especially because, to talk about fantasy football for a split second, we all put loads of Everton players in our fantasy football sides at the start of the season because they, alongside Bournemouth, had the arguably the easiest start, mm-hmm. the easiest sort of six or so games. And like you say, after eight, they find themselves... Uh, 18th, having lost their last four games and not looking like they could buy a win anywhere. Um, Which is ironic because that's their approach to... <laughs> well, you think they've, they've, I think they've allocated their funds in a really bizarre way. You'd think that after Lukaku left, they'd want to invest in a really competent striker. But after he left, I think they, they got Schenk Tossen. Um, and you know they've tried experimenting with Charleston down as a striker, not as a winger, and they've invested hundreds of millions of pounds in attacking midfielders and wingers. You got Walcott, you got Awobi, you got Bernard, um, and then when obviously Adrissa Gay left in the summer, um, they replaced him. Who's with been Yambin. a sensation, yeah, by yeah, the way? Replaced yeah. him with Gambin, and I think that player is injured now, and they haven't adequate, adequately addressed that either. They could have gone on out and gotten someone like an Ndidi from Leicester or Decorey from um, from Watford, and they haven't, and that is a major issue. I I think if your manager is being backed in that way, but they're splashing all the cash in the same areas, which they're already well stocked in, by the way, that's peculiar. And I think, you know, questions need to be asked in that regard. Because Everton have a talented group of players, you know, Luca Dino, a very competent left back. Um, Seamus Coleman, again, a very reliable right back as well. And you just look at that team and you think, well, every single year they're chalked up to, to be competent, but it's just a shambles. And you know, as someone who's from Liverpool, even though I don't like Everton, I still want them to do well. You know, mm. I don't want them to get relegated. So I don't. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's interesting because the reason why we're talking about it today is not only because we're in the midst of this international break and this. Oh God, I hate talking about international football mm. during this sort of time period, yeah. uh, but also because you, the sooner you sack people now, not that I'm su- suggesting that you should, the more time they've got to adjust to the squad and realise yes. where the holes are ahead of the January transfer window, which is, yes, traditionally an area where they don't actually invest that much money in. But you've mentioned already these sides that are already looking to and probably should invest in this squad. And with that, I want to talk uh, about Man United and, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So, si, what do you think? Do you think he should be given time? Because the opinion amongst pundits seems to be rather divided about him. Yeah, I, I mean, the, it, it's it's right to talk about the Man U project rather than a team at the minute mm. because, obviously, I watched the game on Sunday. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Who did they play I again? I was worried about being smug. Here we go. <laughs> and, and they were just absolutely terrible. Like, their big hopes. Scott McTominay is, I mean, you can see he's a very talented player. Mm, front cover of uh, Pro Evolution Soccer. <laughs> yeah, but he, he cheated all over the pitch on Did Sunday. He? Yeah. Which I'm not, that's not what we're here to talk about, but don't do that, Scott. It's <laughs> not very nice. Um, they just, they don't have any of the, the man you spirit that you would expect. So they, they're, they're relying on, on players in the wrong places. Who just aren't good enough to be to be playing for a team that you would imagine to be like 
Man U. It strikes me that they've, looking at it, and I, I heard Gary Neville talking about this the other day, they've got the bones of a sort of team that you can see going forward and arguably players that, you know, shouldn't be the most relied upon, but would, would you know, add elements to that. You've got Tuanzebe, you've got Maguire, yeah. you've got James, you've got Rashford, you've got McTominay, like you've mentioned there. You know, with the, the sprinkling of Pogba's and a few other, and De Gea, obviously, if he can yeah. recover this form. But, he had no chance for the goal. Like he didn't. He didn't. Um, it's a great finish. It was. Um, but yeah, it just it's. Stri- but then again, I look at that squad, and as much as we were talking about this before you came here, and you mm-hmm. said, "Well, he he sold Lukaku," so mm-hmm. some of the blame does have to go to Solskjaer. He does kind of feel like he's been handed a bit of a duff hand. Like it's not the way yes. he's playing them. The squad is just crap. Well, it, he played them wrong against Newcastle, but then Steve Bruce, for all all he's maligned, he played. An absolute blinder technically, just by putting five men at the back, four in midfield, and just stop Manu from having any space. Because whatsoever. they have no midfield. They have. Yeah, exactly. They played Fred and Pereira in that mid. Was it a midfield three they went with? Yeah. yeah they played Fred and Pereira in that midfield three, and Fred has been shocking. They paid fifty-two Absol- million pounds terrible. for him, and he couldn't even control like a pass, a simple pass. And it's just you look at that and you think, well. They need a good spine. I think was Pogba, was Pogba injured that game? No, he was Yeah. He didn't play. I can't mm. remember. Yeah. Um, and do you think about it? Well, Pogba's probably on his way out. You think he probably has eyes for Real Madrid at the moment in time. Um, Fred was meant to be kind of, they, snub, they they apparently sniped him under City's nose, but he's not come good. Um, Just like Sanchez. Yeah, yeah. And like for all they can kind of vaunt their talent with uh, Greenwood and Rashford and um, Tahith Chong and everyone else coming through the ranks, it's not enough. And I think one of the things we touched upon before the season got started was talking about how Man United, Man United needed to kind of find their spirit. You know, talk about how you need players who want to play for the shirt because it is a prestigious club. And you think that signings like Daniel James and Aaron Wan-Bissaka would probably solve that problem. Mm. But is there too much pressure being put on their, their shoulders? I think Gary Neville raised the point last weekend that, you know, Rashford hasn't really gotten any rest since being kind of thrust on the side. Martial's been injured, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Rashford is a talented player, but is he necessarily ready to lead the front line for Manchester United? He's, he's only, not, what, 22? Yeah, he's not like a 30-goal-a-season striker. Um, and I feel as though that's naivete, maybe, maybe from Solskjaer, for, in, you know, putting all his eggs into the youthful basket, as it were. <laughs> but then you also have to think about it, well, what, what alternatives does mm. he have? And, you know, if the board's not going to back him where he wants to go, that's a thing as well. But Man United, let's, let's face it, they've spent over like 300 million quid in like the past yeah. few years. You know, this is a squad assembled that's very, very expensive. Um, and it's just mismanaged from top to bottom. And that's the, the unique thing with Manchester United. I feel as though, whereas some of these other clubs, you could probably pin down the problems to disquiet in the dressing room and, 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 the man, and the managers themselves, it's kind of rotten from top to bottom. And that in itself, you could probably change a manager, but until things change on a more, you know, uh, in-depth level, mm. how much genuine change are you going to get? I did find it funny, though, that a manager of Manchester United was there saying, oh, we did have quite a few injuries, though. I know, yeah, and against Newcastle as well. Yeah. It's <laughs> like we had the two long stuff. <laughs> Brothers playing <laughs> centre midfield, like you wouldn't. Two seasons ago, people didn't know that name mm-hmm. at all. Uh, it, it, it's quite funny. At the start of the season, we talked about our expectations of things, and we said that the Manu project was one that you have to give them time, and in a couple of years, it's probably going to be a really good team if they stick with those players. But the problem they've got now is that if they do stick with what they're doing now, they're going to come absolutely nowhere in the league. And it doesn't matter 
for the next couple of years in any Man U fans' eyes or in any of the board because you still have to have a look at uh, one eye on where you finish in the league. So they're, they're going to do what everybody probably expects them to do and they'll fire Ole Gunnar Solskjaer eventually. Mm-hmm. Four more games like this and they will do it. The conversation's already been initiated. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then... Dreaded in January, confidence. I mean, plays Liverpool next, so yeah. I'm just insane. Well, that's going to be five, <laughs> five, six nil if they play like they did on Sunday. And then in January, they'll go out and they'll buy two or three, um, two or three short-term players who yeah. just all they're going to do is derail what they're trying to do with mm. the younger players. But but at the same time, they still need that. Like they need a Lauren Blanc to come in and just steady the younger players. <laughs> well, it's interesting because we mentioned uh, Mandzukic earlier on before we came on. He's been constantly linked to kind of signing for, for Manchester United. And also in the press this morning, I think uh, Allegri, who used to manage Juventus, has been linked with the job as well. And he's issued some sort of ultimatum that says, Man United have got to sack Solskjaer by December, otherwise I'm not coming. And you would think that maybe, if you're thinking particularly cynically about this, you think maybe the, the links with Mandzukic are down to the fact that Allegri, you know, spent was familiar with the player mm-hmm. and Juventus mm-hmm. and could get the best out of him at United. It's, it's, it's not good, is it? And mm-hmm. to me, it's it. I can't have sympathy, but I can, you know, empathise in the sense that as a Liverpool fan, only eight years ago we were kind of in a similar position with Roy Hodgson and kind of in the the banter era, as it were, where nothing's going properly. You're signing the wrong players. The the club's identity is kind of at odds with, you know, some apathetic owners who don't necessarily bind the whole idea of the mm. club. Um, and I can't tell whether if, if sacking Solskjaer, because I don't think Solskjaer is good enough for Manchester United, but at the same time, it's one of those things, well, is... Where do you go other yeah, than yeah, the name, yeah. Yeah, that's my point. I could, I could definitely see Allegri helping, but at the same time, it's like, well, at the end of the day, I don't think Solskjaer is good enough either. So do, should they fire Solskjaer? <sighs> it depends what they want in the long term. I think... I think uh, to be honest, yes. Based on based on what the, I saw on Sunday, he's not the right manager mm-hmm. for the job, and yeah. everything around that as well. I mean, uh, if I have any influence with the Manchester United board, I'll say don't sack Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Ole's <laughs> at the wheel in that. Um, <laughs> but you know, objectively speaking, yeah, I don't think. I th- you think of man- managers being given plenty of time to work on something, and you think of that form they went on after you know he got appointed on a temporary basis. I think Man United got lured in with some sense of nostalgia, and were just like, okay, well, let's give him let's give him the keys. And if he's mm. going to restore the belief and fighting spirit back into this club, let him lead the way for the next year or for on a permanent basis, whatever. And I think that that was you know emblematic of the short term thinking under the club under Ed Woodward so, we were yeah. we were just talking about Sunderland to talk about a very much not Premier League team <laughs> and their managerial uh, position and how Kevin Phillips is linked as their favourite to be in charge next and I think it's not a bad idea because he's the kind of person who'll come in and regardless of ability in the squad he'll inspire something mm. that's clearly what Man U have thought they were doing with Solskjaer because but even then, I don't think he's a legend in the same sort of way as some of the others who could have come in, like mm-hmm. Frank Lampard at Chelsea, for yeah. instance. Um, and I think they need somebody arguably even more like that. What they need is somebody like the spirit of Matt Busby to come and inspire these players and make them play above and beyond what they they seem to be capable of at the minute. Like they need a Kevin Keegan at Newcastle situation. Mm. Uh, for me, I'd keep I'd keep Solskjaer uh, because I think 
Oh, same, you, same. You're not going. <laughs> well, I don't think they're going to win anything anyway this season. No. So, so they may as well t- treat it properly as a season of transition. Give him January. Give him finances. And at the end of the day, if you're, you're Man United, even if he spends it in the wrong areas, which they have done time and time and time again, there's always going to be more money there mm. to spend it in the summer. So give him till February, March time. And if things aren't turning around then, then you make the change yes. and then you give the, the, the new manager, rather than sacking them in the summer, you give them the end of the season to sort of get a, get a gauge of what, you know, where, where players are within the squad and then you can change them. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. But let's move on because there was another man who was linked with the Man United job uh, just a few months ago and now finds himself um, potentially being fired from Tottenham Hotspur. Maurizio Pochettino, uh, the the problems at at Tottenham have really sort of reared yeah. their heads mm. post, like you say, post that, because everyone got a little bit distracted with the Champions League final, that their league form really dropped off. Mm. And you could excuse it, because you said you had one eye on that. But since the Premier League has restarted, they've been dreadful. The thing is as well about this, and I know I've kind of talked about the disquiet within the Spurs squad. You know, you have Ericsson without having eyes for Real Madrid. You have uh, people going into the last years of their contracts like Rose and, and Vertonghen and Alderweireld. Um, I think Pochettino's team selections have been... Th- truly bizarre this season as well. I have no idea why he's not been playing Lucas Mara after the form he was in at the mm. end of last season. He's been going with fellow Argentinian Eric Lamella, who is a competent enough player, but I don't think he's as good as Lucas Mora. Good off the bench. Uh, and I think I'm glad to deceive him because sometimes he can have the game of his life yeah. and then others he's just sleepwalks But you games. think like a front line of Kane, Son and Mara that's, that, that kind of pretty much chooses itself in a way. Um, but I, it's, it, I think the the thing with Spurs is like it's it's it, again it's it's somehow they've gone from the project nearing completion to then going back into a period of immense transition again, and it's because certain, is that lack of investment or I I don't necessarily I mean last year obviously you can talk about how they didn't crack on in the summer transfer window and you know you think they probably stalled and that allowed other you know squads to bypass them but they went out and got Ndombele here he's one of the most vaunted talents in French football and that's he's a great player um, and you think of what they needed in central midfield you know they they lost. Um, 
Dembele. Um, Winks is, you know, a competent player, but he looks out of his depth on occasion because he's still a young player mm-hmm. coming through. Dyer's not in the picture anymore. And you think, well, Ndombele, that could be a fantastic signing for them. But I look at Spurs and I just, I look at Pochettino. He looks almost clueless what he's doing right now. I have no idea what's going on with those team selections. He can't sit on a back three, he can't sit on a back four. What's going on with the midfield? And it's just, it's very peculiar to me. And yeah. The uh, thing that's most peculiar to me about Spurs is that the, the overvaluation of Musa Sissoko. I just don't. <laughs> I think he's emblematic of the entire situation because I just don't see it myself. Mm. Haven't seen him at Newcastle, but also since he's been there, he's very industrious. He'll take the ball a lot, uh, like up the pitch a lot. But like he's not, he's not worth a new contract. He's just got no. for me anyway. And um, I, I just think it's they're, they're looking at sort of strengthening around the wrong players mm. like like him. I think Harry, you're right about Harry Winks. I don't think he's quite there yet. I don't think I've seen anything from him that suggests that he is really. I think because he's English, people are like, well, he's yeah. the next coming of uh, Frank Lampard. But um, it's interesting about Spurs because sort of a season and a half ago, well, just about a season ago, all of these players who are a little bit older, you're looking at them and thinking they've got loads of experience. It's going to do them well for the end of the season and the Champions League final. Mm. You look at them now and you're like, well, they're old and they're over the hill. Is there an argument to be made that, because Mauricio Pochettino is not a bad manager. No. He's one of nope. the best managers in Europe, arguably, uh, considering what he managed to do with Tottenham last season. Um, is there an argument that he's kind of taken them as far as he can? Like, I'm sure he could do better things at other bigger clubs. Mm-hmm. He's taken them as far as he can, and you need a new, a fresh set of eyes, like you say, yes. with these players at I, Tottenham. I would say so. I think part of the issue with it is, as well, a lot of these players probably had an opportunity to leave in the past few years, Harry Kane being one of them. Mm. Um, and they were all told, stay here, we'll do something. And then they've got to the Champions League final, and that is their option. Their, opportunity to do something yeah. and it hasn't happened I think the players have probably looked at that and gone well we, we, that was such a miraculous run towards the end we got past you know uh, Man City and Ajax by the scrape of our teeth almost and now we've gotten to where we kind of playing above our ability to actually get to that last mm. game um, and then you, obviously anyone who's linked with Real Madrid is probably going to say it's probably going to change you know their, their opinions about the club that they're at Christian Eriksen in that particular case and then you look at the you know someone like Deli Ali he's just dropped off a cliff the mm. past few months and it's it's interesting to me because it's such a rapid decline like again you know you think of this first team like you say a season ago and I can't tell whether that's down to um, you know the fact that Pochettino hasn't been back necessarily they didn't strengthen last season they talk about the the the, the aspirations of the Champions League and then you think of maybe are they all fatigued um, I think there was a stat mm. that came out when after they played Brighton and you look, you only have to look at that game and see that none of the players were pressing and yeah. you think of Spurs under Pochettino for the first few years it was like when they were one of the best pressing teams in the country they didn't but they against Newcastle either they don't have any energy and that's that's, uh, that's unfortunate when they don't have any creativity to back that up either before we move on let's let's talk about you know Tottenham's form last five games drawn one lost one lost uh, that, that awful result against Bayern Munich of course in the Champions League as well. Yes. Is there an argument to be made that um, if you... I, I think they should get rid of Maurizio Pochettino, to be perfectly honest. Is there an argument to be made that if you do get rid of him sooner rather than later, you can possibly retain the players? Or will getting rid of him mean that Ericsson and Kane either yeah, door, Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a problem at, at Spurs in that because Pochettino wasn't given any money... The, there were battle lines drawn, rightly or wrongly, by the media and by fans that suggested that Pochettino and the squad were one group mm-hmm. and then the club is another group. So then you, you have to think about whether that is actually the case and, and maybe 
Pochettino is too close to the players emotionally, let's say, because if they're struggling, they're exhausted, and they possibly need a kick up the backside, is he that type of manager to do mm, that mm. when he's been the one that's been protecting them and saying, this is our project, we have to keep this core together for so long? And probably not. But then equally, if you get rid of him, he's too close to the, fa- the players, and they'll go, well, you've got rid of my pal. What am I going to do and now? And he'll say, I'm yeah. off to Real yeah, or wherever. Exactly. And I'll go wherever he goes if he gets a... That's victory. the interesting thing as well, because you think, you know, the, the, the Spurs project oh. is Pochettino. Mm. Like you think of that, you think, you know, he's the guy that really galvanised that squad if he goes, even though the current leader period of decline, you'll, like you said, the players will look at that and go, well, I was here to play for Mauricio Pochettino. I was here to make something out of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. And then, you know, if he leaves, then that kind of... Because I don't think necessarily that... Pete, like you said, I'm, maybe there is a delineation to be made here in, in players playing for, for Pochettino and players who are playing for Spurs. Um, Get rid of Pochettino, yes or no? Oh, um, I'm going to say uh, no for this season. I'd probably wait until the end of the season. I think yes, and I think what you said about Manu... Man, you wait till March, knowing they're probably going to get rid of Solskjaer anyway. Mm. Bring in Pochettino, get Harry Kane in the summer. Man, you come fourth next season. Uh, Marco Silva, we didn't say yes or no for him. I think he has to go. Yeah, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Get Big Sam back. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridi- Everton, it's, uh, they're stacking a bonfire the way they're going about this. There's been three transfer windows on the bounce where they've spent hundreds of millions of quid. And they've got a new stadium they're building as well on the Albert Dock. And it's like, well, where is this money going like you know mm. you think of silver as a he was ludicrously backed after what he did at Hull and and, and Watford you know he he didn't have the most amazing record at either no. club um and yet he came in and was just suddenly heralded as like this new Mourinho type figure that <laughs> could like build an entire project and fair play you know it's 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 good to see a club backing a manager but when he's asking for his sixth winger you kind of got to ask yourself <laughs> well what what like what is going on and I think it makes sense then to change it. it's it's same old Everton in the sense you know another another year where the manager's been backed in the summer and they've not delivered on the promise but again at the same time that if it's a project not worth investing in you shouldn't just keep it even when it's you know if it's rotting in your corner of your living room with like disgusting crap on it and everything so I'd say get rid of Silva get rid of him I'm just thinking the Everton fans are going to pick up on that on the Liverpool fans saying about them um <laughs> I would say, yeah, I mean, I mean, they don't have much option. And personally, as a Newcastle fan, I want him to get fired because he is the very antithesis of what Mike Ashley wants to do at Newcastle. He is proving Mike Ashley's point in a, in a way because he's going out and buying all these players and they're absolutely nowhere and they're currently below Newcastle. Yeah. And then uh, Mike Ashley's like, why should I spend any money when look at them <laughs> languishing down there uh, let's run through uh, a couple of others uh, you very quickly wanted to mention Steve Bruce I did yeah uh, up until uh, Sunday at like half five Steve Bruce would have been top of my list of people who probably should get fired because he was clueless and then he pulled off a tactical master stroke and uh, he can now have the keys to the city <laughs> <laughs> for uh, until next game <laughs> when yeah. we get yeah because the, the problem your problem you have with this time of year as well, is you're now uh, 16th. Yes. But you could easily drop to 19th. Yes. Or you could leap up again to... Which we were. No backseat, Walborn. He said it now. Okay. No yes. backseat. If you were... Would you want Steve Bruce to be in charge? Too? No. No? No. I, mean, I suppose I, the difficulty is you don't know who... 
Who else? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, what alternative do you have at that point? I think you kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I wouldn't have gone and appointed him in the summer if that's the question being asked. The newly promoted sides are always in- interesting. I think Sheffield United uh, doesn't matter what happens to them; they will not sack their manager because they mm-hmm. realise what sort of side they are. Um, and you look at the other sides. Villa are doing obviously uh, reasonably well, mid fifteenth, uh, I should say. And uh, speaking to their fans, that I don't think there's any rumblings of discontent. Mm-hmm. Norwich are a different different kettle of fish. Obviously, they've got that amazing result against Manchester City. They've lost the three games after that. And they're nineteenth. They're conceding goals left, mm-hmm. right, and centre. Uh, they got battered by Villa yeah. uh, at the weekend. Daniel Fark. Yeah. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you want to try and stay in the Premier League. Mm-hmm but you also kind of want to stick with the person who got you there. Yeah, I mean, the thing there is that I think the Villa result could be decisive in this because that was at home uh, when Norwich should really be showing their football. And I think the, the unfortunate thing for Farker at the moment is that he's had so many injuries in the squad. Um, I think that's definitely kind of curtailed Norwich's ambitions at this current moment in time. I think he should be given time um, because obviously what he did in the championship last season and also you know, he that, that display against City kind of speaks for itself as well and it's kind of commendable that they've retained their own identity I just think that maybe the, the worry there is that they're going to have to do some business in January because they've had so much, so much bad luck with injuries. It always strikes me with these promoted sides, someone like Norwich if you, if you stick with him, even if you go down 20th in the Premier League if you keep playing that football again, the subsequent season, the championship with with not only the players that, that got you promoted, but you know a few flair, more flair players that you've managed to buy in with the Premier League money, mm-hmm. you could do a sort of Burnley where you yeah. bounce up and down and slowly evolve that side. Or, or do you think they are going to be slightly more trigger happy at Norwich? My prediction at the start of the season, I believe, was that they would stick the them and Sheffield United. I thought actually would they would stick to their playing style in the championship and then as soon as it didn't work after a little while they'd go out in January and buy cloggers to fill spaces people who had (laughs) Premier League experience on the CV but had amounted to absolutely nothing basically I mean that's cruel but that's probably what's going to happen what back in the day used to be like a Nigel Quaggi signing exactly yeah is he still knocking about probably yes (laughs) get him in exactly um there's a there's a problem for Norwich in that I have put two of their players in my fantasy football team. <laughs> roughly, Let me guess, Cantwell and Pookie. Yes, yes. Rough, roughly three weeks ago, yeah. and then they lost every game since then, so I apologise. Don't sack him, sack me. Okay, uh, <laughs> final one, Pep Guardiola. I'll get him out. Oh, gone. Nah. The inter- I only oh, well, so you can not, do better. Not in terms of sacking, obviously, <laughs> but the interesting thing I read today was he said if the, if he can't recover results for Man City, which is ridiculous to be saying something like that. I mean, they've, they've been phenomenal for the last few seasons uh, and it was it was outrageous how well they had to play so that Liverpool didn't win the league last season. He has said, though, if he cannot recover results, he's going to walk away from Manchester City. And we always knew that it was he was not going to be there for five more seasons, for no. example, um, which is the hope most Liverpool fans were clinging to. <laughs> but... It's interesting because you know they've, it, it's not just the Laporte injury; they've kind of lost their way a little bit. Mm. Not to hype, you know, be too hyperbolic. Having spent what two hundred million on fullbacks as well, mm. it's yeah. I mean, I have no sympathy. Like it's the case of like if Guardiola will probably turn this, they'll probably go on another ridiculous run of form towards the end of the season. Anyway, you know, people saying that the title's done in October, just having a laugh. Um, I don't know. I, personally, I'd love it if Pep just. When elsewhere, maybe go. Imagine following that as well as yeah. a manager. There's only one person who can, and he is currently Liverpool's manager. <laughs> 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 
Um, yeah, I have I have no idea. I think it, it makes sense for Guardiola to move on after maybe uh, he finds it too tricky. I don't know. I've... I sense that at the end of this season there may be there may be change at Man City. What do you think? I would think so. I think I think his statement about um, needing to to change around results and walking away is quite clever. Actually, it's sort of like I mean it doesn't go as far as a Winston Churchill will fight them on the beaches in terms of a speech, but it's making himself a martyr. Mm. Um, if it doesn't go well, then he walks away and the, the team's protected. But if it does, Pep Guardiola is even more of a legend than mm. he already is for them. I've not heard a single Man City fan, by the way, saying that they should get rid of him or he should leave No, him, I don't think they ever would. They, it depends. I mean, if Liverpool open up a bigger gap, mm. which I would hate to see, <laughs> I don't like any of it. <laughs> It's it's fine. I'm a Newcastle fan. I'm just bitter. Um, then maybe they'll turn on him a little bit more because Liverpool fan. We all love Liverpool fans, but they're not going to take it very calmly or subtly towards Man City fans, are they? And that'll start to grind on them. Let's Indeed. say. Well, let, let us know your thoughts in the comment section on uh, who should be the next managerial <laughs> casualty. Uh, and make sure you join us tomorrow. <laughs> make sure you join us tomorrow for our roundtable. Have Liverpool already won the league? <laughs> uh, so you can let us know your thoughts Featuring in the comments. You, you, Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And you can send us Twitter questions at WhatCultureFC. Watch there, follow all three of us. You can follow you and at... You and Ruins Things. You can follow Sai at... That's like Gallagher. You can follow us, me at Adam Wilborn and said follow us all at What Culture <laughs> FC. This has been It's All Kicking Off. My thanks to you and Antisai. Thank you for watching, and we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.